Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. This one, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Yeah. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Yeah. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. This yeah. one, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah, we grinding all our life. Steve Warren, 1997 national champion, third round draft pick of Green Bay Packers. Uh, all around great guy, run dream. Uh, the Warren Academy has his hands in a little bit of everything when it comes to helping kids out. Big Steve, how we doing, brother? I'm good, family. How you doing? I'm awesome, man. It's good to hear from you, man. Long time no speak. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but it's always still family. Absolutely, absolutely. We I know we 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 got, we got 30 minutes, so we're gonna jump right into um, some of the questions. First of all, how did you get yeah. to Nebraska? Who recruited you? Coach Ron Brown. Coach Ron Brown was my recruiter um, from Springfield, Missouri. Came down there, spent a lot of time with me and the family, and it was kind of a no-brainer from us after two national championships and y'all putting that whooping on Florida and uh, Coach Osborne coming to my house a couple days later. I couldn't say no. Now, who were you recruited by? Anybody else? Uh, yeah, Alabama, Kansas, Kansas State. Most of, the, most of the Big 8 and part of the Big 10, you know, regionally that way, and then um, you know Missouri, um, you know, but they were in the big, they were in the Big Eight, Big Twelve at the time. So, um, you know, most of those schools, and then uh, you know, some few of the Southern schools, Alabama was the biggest from from the uh, SEC or um, and during that era. With so many great Missouri players, I used to ask myself this all the time: like, how in the world did you let a Grant Winstrom, a Mike Rucker, a, a Steve Warren get out of the state of Missouri? Did Missouri make a a, a, a conscious effort? to recruit you and and did they do that they did i mean they they did but it's just like one of those things i think for all of us is we wanted to win you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so <laughs> that was the big thing it's like right. winning you know what nothing else we, I, I wasn't never concerned about playing time i felt like i was gonna play anywhere i wanted to go somewhere where i was concerned about winning and so that was that was that was my that was my main concern you know i, I, I assume that was grants and uh and Mike's too, and you know Dan Alexander's from Missouri, and we all played around that same time, that same era. And so for us, it was about it was about getting rings. When you when you when you first got to Nebraska, stepped foot on on campus, Memorial Stadium. Who was the guy who helped you the most transition from oh. high school to college? Uh, you know, it was a number of dudes. You know what I mean? Like you was one of the guys that helped me. Um, Jay Foreman, Tony Ortiz, Aaron Wills. Um, there was a there was a bunch of dudes. Carlos and I were, were you know, Polk, you know, that's my best friend. And mm-hmm. he had actually already been there because he came up early in the summer and I came in late. Um, so it, it was a number of dudes. But the older dudes, as far as the D-line goes, you know, Jason Peter, um, Jason Wills, Greg uh, Ogard was on that team, Scott Sausman. You know, those were the older guys when I first got there that kind of showed me, 
you know, the, the do's and don'ts at the D-line position and, you know, having a great coach like Coach McBride, you know, it was it was either get on board or get or get left off. So <laughs> um, it, it was it was just, just jumping in and, and uh, you know, following the right people. Steve, when you when you think about your most memorable moment as a Husker, what would that be? Oh man, I would probably say my most memorable moment would have to be, you know, winning a national championship in ninety seven. You can't you can't really beat that. But as far as everything else goes, you know, ninety nine we had a really good year. Um so personally I would say it would be my three sack game against Texas A and M was probably my my highest moment. I had a really good game against Colorado that year, but um, you know, the, the, the biggest memorable moment, the, the, the most fun moment was the, the 97 Missouri game. Um, that was, that was, the, that was the, the most memorable moment by far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Going home, how many of those guys did you know uh, on, that, on that field that day? Um, a, a few of them, at least, at least two or three of them. Like mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the guys there, Kevin Tucker, him and I were really close from our same hometown. Um, so, uh, you know, knew him, we had grown up together and played youth ball together and, you know, hung out a lot over the summer. So, um, he, he was probably the closest guy to me at that time. He was a running back that was a redshirt freshman at the time. Why do you think or feel that, what was it about 97? Why did we win that championship? What was it about that team? I think it was the disappointment of 96 that fueled everything. Um, and I felt like guys were really close. Um, I felt like guys were really close, and and there was, um, there wasn't like really any egos where guys couldn't hold each other accountable, right? Like, you know, if you stepped out of the line, no matter who you were, if you weren't doing the right things, like everybody held each other accountable um, because everybody had the same goal. Um, and it wasn't really about personal accolades or you know everybody, of course, wants to shine, but you know everybody kind of put the team over themselves, and I feel like that was the difference. You know what? That 2000 draft, with I think it was Mike Brown, Ralph Brown, yourself, you guys were the only three guys drafted Yeah, in the 2000 draft. Talk a little bit about being drafted, how did that feel, and going to play for Green Bay. Man, I'm, unbelievable feeling. I don't, I don't know if you can really describe it. You know, it's something you dream about all your life. You know, the, the, the intro song, Grinding All Your Life, is the – it's something that you've been grinding for, for for your, you know, when you're in high school and middle school, it's something that you're working for. And then to finally have it happen, um, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable, indescribable the feeling. But, you know, to do it, the, I, I was at home with my family and um, I had lost my grandmothers the year before. So it was really special because they were a big part of my life. And so it was just a humbling experience, man. It was It was great. You know, it put me. On, on a different path for life. So uh, completely grateful for that. And then Green Bay was like going from Lincoln to Lincoln, right? So Green Bay's a small town. It's almost like a college atmosphere when it comes to the team. Um, it's like a one-stop shop there. Like everything's about the Packers. Uh, similar to here in Nebraska, everything's about, you know, about the Huskers. So going to Green Bay, it was, it was very similar because everything all year long was about the Packers. Even though they had the Bucks up the road and, you know, uh, the baseball squad, but it was still about the Packers. Was Reggie White still there? He was not playing there at the time. Actually, that's when he had went. He was actually playing with Rucker at the time in, in Carolina mm, okay. um, when I first got drafted, and then he retired that year, and then he came back, and he was in Green Bay quite a bit. We, I spent a lot of time with Reggie just hanging out and just talking, you know, just around the facility. Really great man, um, you know, just, just bigger than life. And, you know, for me growing up, watching – 
defensive line, he was one of the people I watched all the time. So I was like a little kid just standing there talking to him. Now, 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 Steve, we know we know you're a talented person. You're not just a. Um, I say a lot of you guys black shirts. Actually, let me ask you about that. Do you remember getting your black shirt, and how was that? Oh man, it was great. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a part of a prestigious group that, you know, when you get it in the beginning of the year and you get it, and everybody's kind of wondering like, okay, who's going to be the black shirt? Um, and it's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal, and, and it should be a big deal because you're playing for, you know, you're playing for a defense and representing the defense that has a lot of great players that come through there. So, man, I was I was I was psyched to get it. I was psyched to get it. Nice. So, you played. And I don't, I don't want to give it away, but anyway, you are gifted in more than just football, more than just uh, helping kids, because we're going to touch on that too. But I'm just going to play something for you to see if you remember this. All right. Have fun. Amazing grace shall always my song of praise for it was grace that brought my liberty. So, I do. So, Steve, where did this gift? of singing come from because every time you know me when i found out you could sing i didn't care where i caught you at i'm like see give me something <laughs> yeah where'd that come from i mean did you was you raised in the church what how in the world do you do somebody that big powerful strong have that beautiful voice coming out of you man just just down home man just my my mother uh my father sings a little bit um but my mother uh, was a choir director growing up. kept me in the kept me in the church, kept me in the choir. Uh, my mentor, my pastor at the time, was an amazing singer. So when they found out I could sing, it was just you know, put the mic in my hand and, and, and teach me and groom me and, and and teach me how to be a soloist. And I was an all state soloist in high school, so was a part of the all state choir in high school. So it was. Music's always been a part of my life. I wanted to major in music when I got to Nebraska, but music and sports take up the same amount of time. So it would have been it would have been tough to do both. So I wasn't able to do it. What What's your favorite song to sing? Uh, probably that. Um, well, you like that silver and gold is kind of like my testimonial song. Yeah, but you know that silver and gold you used to sing. Yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say the fellas love silver and gold. <laughs> that's the one. That's Steve. the one y'all always. Come on, man. That's one, of my, that's one of my favorites, too. But yeah. you look beyond my fault, it's probably my testimonial. Yeah? Yeah. Well, give us a little A selection then. <laughs> I do not know just how he came to love me so. He looked beyond all of my faults. And he saw my knees. <laughs> man. There it is. Hey, listen, man, I appreciate you always doing that for me, man. You know, yeah, I, always. I found some old tapes and, and we're gonna we're gonna release some of that content at some point. 
of uh, me doing. I've asked you a couple different times that I got on tape of you singing. Oh man! Yeah, so yeah, I know that's gonna be some good listening. Oh that's man, good watching. Come on, man! Let's... I know there's some funny stuff on them tapes. So, <laughs> um, you talk about you, you know, Dream Foundation. We'll yeah. talk a little bit about the Dream, and uh, not only the Dream but the Warren Academy. How did yeah. the Dream kind of morph into the Warren Academy? Why did you do it? Um, before we, before you answer that question, we're gonna play a little something real quick. Right. Steve Warren has done a lot with the sport of football in the state of Nebraska. A national champ and second team All-American with the Big Red, Warren was most recently the head football coach at Omaha Northwest for the past three seasons. Now, Warren devotes his time to helping young local athletes succeed in all sports. So I want you to have fun, but you got to listen, too. At former Husker D lineman Steve Warren's Warren Academy, young athletes aren't just working out. Sit your hips back a little bit, then squat. They're also training under a former NFL pro. Which way should we be leaning? Is that to the cone? Is that past the cone? But not all of Warren's young athletes are keen to that knowledge. The fun thing is, is so many of the younger kids don't know until you tell them, until their parents say something to them, and then to see their face change and the look on their face and say, wait a minute, this guy played for the Packers, he played in the NFL, and then everything kind of changes and they listen a little bit more. Now Warren? Whatever you do, finish 100%. Who just opened up his second training location this month, enjoys giving back to the future generation of athletes in all sports. That's the, the one thing that's kind of near and dear to me is that I'm able to come back and, and give back in a way that I love doing it. Breakdown, good job. That I can reach, you know, a broader uh, athlete and, and more athletes from different sports. Go! And give my expertise and my knowledge and just share my experiences to help them get a leg up. It's just about getting better. It's not about being the best today. We're going to get you faster and quicker as we go. For me, it's, it's, it's the experiences of things that I have gone through and things that I wish I'd gone through or things I wish I'd known when I was their age. So that's the biggest thing that we always trying to emphasize to these kids. Give everybody some love. Good job. Good job. Wow. So mm. talk Dream, then go Warren Academy. So Dream was um, sitting on my front porch, just finished playing ball, um, trying to figure out next steps in life. And my neighbor and I, Rob Anderson, we were uh, sitting there just talking and, you know, trying to figure out a few things that, you know, I can maybe do or possibly do. And, I, you know, one thing we, we had brought up and I had brought up was always wanting to figure out a way to get back into helping kids some way. I had volunteered at some after-school programs in college, and um, that was something that had always kind of stuck with me. So I, we were sitting there, and I was like, man, you know what, I should just start I should just start an organization to help kids out. And, and around that same time, um, my, one of my other best friends, his, his mother was the principal of Walnut Hill Elementary. So she called us and, and heard I was back in town and asked would I come over and speak to the kids, just, you know, about life, making good decisions, if you want to be an athlete, that sort of thing. And all that was kind of happening at the same time. So just through those experiences and, and those conversations, that's really where dreams spun from and, um, nothing else I really wanted to do just kind of seemed like it was the right fit. But uh, my mother had always said, you know, whatever you're meant to do, it'll kind of happen, and, and, and you'll see just trust God's plan, trust the process. And the day I decided that I was going to start giving uh, my time and effort to, to helping kids, it was like everything fell into place. So that was, what, 16 years ago now, almost 17 years now, and um, we're still we're still alive and kicking and growing every day. Our after-school programs are in, in 10 different schools. Um, we serve about 600 to 700 kids every day. Um, that's throughout the school year and the summer. Um, and then a couple years after that, I decided, you know what, I need to get back into 
in the football. And, and VJ, you know, like when you get done playing football, sometimes you like don't want to do anything with the sport. And I, it took me about a year or so after I started stream to kind of feel like I needed to get back involved in football. So that's when we started Warren Academy. It was about a year after I started Dream and started doing camps and clinics and um, and started doing those things to, to help, you know, the football kids and the football athletes. And, you know, that's grown now. We're, we're 16 years later in three different facilities. And our main location is on 147th and Giles. And um, uh, like the clip said, we're doing all sports. Um, we still focus on football position-specific stuff, um, have seven-on-seven seven teams. And um, so right now, like currently, we have close to 800 kids um, that have signed up since December to now that are training. Um, we're partnered with Sporting Nebraska um, Soccer Club, football club. And, you know, it's been it's been good, man. I've been able to, you know, stay around that locker room feeling. And you know how that is. is, is you know, the, that was one thing I've always chased was, you know, a way to get back to feel like I'm around the fellas in the locker room. And luckily I've got a lot of former players that coach and train with us. And so every day it's like walking back in the locker room. It's, it's always fun, always laughs. And being around athletes keeps me a part of the game. So when you think about <clears throat> when you think about just being Steve Warren, giving back in dream, and then going and doing the Warren Academy, who are some of the kids that you've helped Get a Division One scholarship, not not just a Division One scholarship. Let me just take that back. A yeah. scholarship, period, because a scholarship changed my life when I got it from the yeah, school. So, you know, who are some of the kids that you've touched? Um, I, I hate to give you this one because he's from my alma mater and he didn't go to Nebraska, but I know <laughs> Noah Fent was one of those guys. But some, who are some of the other guys that you touched? Yeah, Noah. Noah played for our seven on seven teams, and he's one of the kids like him and. Harrison Phillips are both guys that, that came through the academy um, and have done stuff, and they're still, they still come back in town and do stuff with the kids and still a part of the program when they get the chance. But both of those two guys, I always tell people, like, they were, you, you, most, those dudes were already ready when they came to us. All we did was really talk to them about what the next step was going to look like and kind of gave them some advice on how to, how to handle the process. Um, and they, they, t- they did the rest. Like, for – for as, as far as, like, other kids, man, there's been so many. My favorite, probably my favorite kid um, is a kid that actually played for me at, at Northwest. Um, and he's currently playing at Kearney right now, Jalen Perkins. Um, the, the, he's one of my favorites because I struggled with him in high school. I barely got him out to play football. He wanted to play football, but he thought he was a basketball player. Uh, so, turns out he goes to JUCO to play basketball. He calls me one day. He's like, Coach. I want to go play football. And I was like, okay, well, let's make it happen. So he went to JUCO. He went. He transferred JUCOs to Iowa Western, played well there. It ended up being a starter, got a scholarship at Kearney. He's down there starting now. He comes back in the summertime and works for us. Um, so as far as, like, somebody that we've seen come from, like, ninth, 10th grade, 11th grade, and then go through the process and then go through some struggles and change sports, I mean, that stuff happens all the time. I mean, we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids and athletes come through our program. We have a million stories like that. But we're just blessed, man, to be able to help them and guide them. And, 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 and we want to see more success stories like, like Perkins, that's for sure. Now, who are some of the coaches that, that are currently on your staff? Um, the, so, Tony Velen, Zach Bowman, um, Niles Paul is coming back to work with us. Uh, DeMornay Pearsonell, those are some of the, the Nebraska guys. Um, John Taglin, Mike Jones, 
uh, Brett Newcomb, Justin Camrad from Lewis Central. He's the head coach over there. Um, a couple of kids that have, that come through the program as little kids that are now strength coaches for me. JD Wonder, that's another story that I love. I've got pictures of JD when he was like in the fourth, fifth grade doing Warren Academy camps, and now he's one of our strength coaches. Um, and I've got a couple other guys like that that are now college strength coaches. But um, David Horn does our running backs. Uh, Luke Sellers, um, Ryan Ayers, a couple local guys. Ryan was another kid that came through the program and now is one of our coaches. Um, Danny Noonan. Um, Danny Noonan is helping us out, and that's been fun because he was my strength coach, right? Mm-hmm. College. He was our strength coach. Yeah. So Danny's around helping out, and his son Maverick is is in there working have and, they offered and doing Maverick things. Yet? So have we that, offered that's Maverick? really cool because he's one he was one of my strength coaches. So it's fun to have him around. Have we offered Maverick? Yeah, yeah, Maverick has been offered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Nebraska's offering. Okay. Well, I think that's you know when you get a chance to get a, a kid like a Danny Noonan's kid in Maverick, yeah. you, you got to take that opportunity. Have you have? Is it a frustration because you've been you've been doing this for a long time? right here in, in Nebraska, yeah. in Omaha, Lincoln. Is it a frustration not seeing more guys from the city go to the University of Nebraska? It is. I mean, it's it's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, when I put on if – if I'm wearing my Nebraska hat right, yeah, I want all these kids to go to Nebraska. Like, they, they, should, be, they should be going down to Lincoln or they should be – the most frustrating part is to see them not in the top five or the top 10 in some cases of their final schools, right? Mm-hmm. That That's more frustrating than them not going there, that they're not even considering it. Mm. Like, it's not even an option. Um, and, and that happened this past year. I love a few of those kids. I don't think Nebraska was either. I know they weren't in their top five, and, and a couple of them, they, I don't think they were in their top 10. See, I can't even, um, I can't even fathom that, though, Steve. You know, growing yeah, up crazy, in Nebraska. Right? Yeah, well, growing up in Nebraska, and that's yeah. why what you're doing – it's so important for not just the state and the kids and the parents that you help, but also the university, making sure that we develop some young men, not just, you know, you want to develop them in life, you want to develop them, but the knowledge from going to the pros, from playing for Nebraska, all that knowledge that you have that you pour into them, the earlier they get it, the better, right? Yeah, the better. You have the better. So, it's frustrating not to see them go down there, but when I put on my Warren Academy hat, I kind of have to separate the two, right? Because my job is to help kids get better and to get opportunities. And if the opportunity they don't see is as a fit, you know, I have to, you know, I have to support them either way it goes because that's my job. Um, but as far as being a former Husker and somebody that that lives here and wants to see wants to see the program back to where we had it, um, you know, it's frustrating to see these guys that can help. Um, go, you know, Fedoni was a kid that came through our program, mm. and we got a lot of kids down in Lincoln. Um, I think there's about 20 kids that have come through Warren Academy on on the roster right now. Nice. Um, so there's there's a lot of kids that have come through the program that have done different things with our seven on seven or done position training with us um, that are playing down there or that are, that have walked on down there. So there's a good number, but you know we want to see them all, right? Mm. We want to see them all go down there because especially especially right now when we need to get back right we need we need to we need to reinforce we need to reinforce the system solder heavy text line i'm with steve warren former husker great national champion 1997 and green bay packer alum uh john from our text line asked steve what is the harder conversation to have with a young man someone who just doesn't have the talent to play at the next level or someone who has the talent 
but doesn't give the effort? Oh, man. I think the harder conversation is is the kid that really wants it and that doesn't have the talent mm. because those, those are the kids that are in there every day and they're doing everything they can, but they just weren't blessed with the God-given talent or size. Um, that's the hardest thing because you want for those kids because they want it so bad. The kid that, that has it and is not working for it, that's an easier conversation because you're, you're, you're going to them and saying, look, this kid that you're training with would love to be you, and you're giving it away, and this kid would love to have the opportunities you have just because God blessed you and touched you with the talent and the size. So that's an easier conversation to have with the kid to say, hey, you're not a Division One athlete. Um, and that's okay. That's the other thing is we have to get away from our kids all wanting to be Division One athletes. Like you said, a scholarship changes lives, whether it's NAIA, Division II, uh, FCS, FBS. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I played with guys that didn't play Division One football in the league. They played Division II. Um, they, played, they played at lower levels not at the biggest level, and they still made it to the NFL. So we got to get away from our kids um, thinking Division One is the only route because it's not. Um, and I tell people all the time, my cousin played at Northwest Missouri State. When I, was, I wouldn't watch them play a thousand times in college. Um, and I tell people, like, those atmospheres and those game days are, are just as fun because they were winning a lot of games and they were sending kids to, to the league. So – the kids have to they have to reach for division 1 but they have to know if I'm not that's okay there's great programs and there's great things happening at the lower levels too when you think right now when we talk Nebraska football um you know 3 and 9 kind of been losing around here for some years you've been around here all those years we've been losing what's a couple things that we can do to change the narrative and and maybe turn it around and have a winning season Oh, I think the, the, the biggest thing that we can really do is, for me, it's, it's in this day and age, it's hard because, it's, you know, you have to market the program and you have to do all the stuff that you do, like the, the videos and stuff. But I just want to see work, right? I don't, I don't want to hear about, like, I don't want to hear about anything that's going good or going great or what we think. I want to see what is, right? So I, I want to get away from really a little bit of the propaganda yeah. and go to, like, this is what's happening. Like, let's be real about this, right? Let's, let's get to where we need to be. Um, but the, the biggest thing is, is having these kids buy in. And that's something that really um, is hard in this day and age because if kids aren't starting with this, another conversation, they can scroll in something else. If kids aren't starting or playing or don't like the coach, they can hit that portal button. Mm. And uh, and that's that's hard. It, I, I feel for those guys because it's so tough right now. That you got to kind of walk a line, right? Like if the kid don't feel well, he can just he can just go in the portal, he can just quit or whatever. So and move on. So they, they've got they've got a tough job. They've got a tough job, that's for sure. And things have changed. You know, everybody's got TV contracts. Everybody's playing on TV. Everybody's streaming games. Um, so. The, the 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 playing field has been leveled when it comes to those things. So now it's just about getting back to the real work and making things happen. Mm-hmm. Steve, I, I I gotta go to break. I know you you might you gotta go if you can stick around. I appreciate it. If not, man. yeah, I can stick around a little longer. Okay, so, we'll we'll we'll, get, we'll give you one more. We'll get another segment out of Steve Warren. It's the captain. The ticket ninety three point seven.